WandaVision Vision was filmed before a live studio audience of Ben's cat. Uh, <laughs> 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 you're that's you're what your listening to WandaVision like. Vision, <laughs> and it's a very special episode. Uh, yeah. There's, oh, it's one of those ones about my drugs Lord. where all the different cartoon characters get together, and, and like the Ninja Turtles and <laughs> Slimer and Alf are all like, guys, we gotta talk about drugs. Um, yeah, and like Raph is like talking about how yeah. one time he did heroin, and <laughs> he's just tell like, you what, yeah, man, it was a bad, it, it was a bad look. This <laughs> is way better, man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> stick to the pepperoni Matt kids. Telling you to stick to the pepperoni kids is, is my partner in crime, Justin Barron. <laughs> my name is Ben Went. You are listening to WandaVision Vision, a week by week, episode by episode breakdown of Disney Plus's Wanda Vision. It's a crossover event of my podcast, Disney Plus Plus Ben Plus Friends, and Justin's wonderful podcast, MC Who? 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 I always put like an umlaut over the end of it. It's like MC Who? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys should it's do a spinoff where you break down um, all, uh, all of the Dr. Seuss properties that feature the Who's. And do MC who's. You know what's great is oh, uh, we're already okay, working good. on that, well, Ben. It was, so, yeah. It was the Thanks for spoiling step, it, but so. uh, yeah. So we've got a doozy <laughs> of an episode today. WandaVision goes into the '80s, um, and yeah. So shall we jump in? Is there any new business to cover, or should we? Start? Oh, this was. I mean, they, you know, there was it was very like light episode, so I we can just chat for a while. I think we can get yeah. through the episode pretty quickly, right? There wasn't much. It was so wasn't much that happened. It sort of like there wasn't that much that happened, and then also some bombshell. You know what I mean? It was like a it was a weird <laughs> oh, blend of nothingness, and then like, well, this is a tectonic I, plate shifting. You know, like. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's funny because I. Uh, I usually take a lot of notes as I'm watching, um, and I, I, for only the I think the third episode I did a rewatch. The others I haven't sure. had at the time before we <laughs> record these, um, and this one I I didn't take too many notes because I found myself just kept I kept I didn't want to look away from the screen a lot of the time. Yes, um, I felt the exact same. And way. then that's why I wasn't taking much notes. And then I got to the end. I got to the end. And I forgot everything that happened okay. in the rest of the episode. Well, I, I took hopefully decent enough notes that we'll be able to at least recall a little bit. But yeah, I, it was it was no, that I'm good. kind of. I episode. went back and watched. It. So as always, spoilers for yeah, for Wandavision. Yeah. Spoilers for MCU in general. Probably spoilers just randomly for other things. Like we'll randomly spoil uh, Muppets Take yeah. Manhattan and things like that just for no, for no good reason. Yeah, yeah. Cars, car two spoilers. Big cars two spoilers on this episode. Uh, so, let's <laughs> assemble our infinity gauntlet of observations as we always do. We're going to take uh, the, the different aspects of the infinity gauntlet and, and apply it to this show. And we're going to start things off with the soul stone. We're going to talk about what were your favorite parts, soul what made stone. the heart of the show beat for you, what what made this episode have life. How about you, Justin? What what was the soul stone recipient oh. for you? Uh, the 80s. I you know, I mean we're gonna talk about sure. this later with the time aspects for and everything, 
But we finally got into a point in sitcoms where I'm super familiar okay. with yeah. just the the inside jokes. And so the nostalgia aspects and, of course, everything is, you know, just bought, like there's 80s everywhere yes. now um, in every show. But uh, just like this, this kind of like, you know, especially the intro and everything like that, it's just the in general, I think I just have to say the 80s um, just killed we it for me. Well just, I just love it. A VH1 talking head show because you love the 80s. Um, that, was, that was one of my <laughs> oh, worst God, bad ones ever. So... Wow. Oh my gosh. No, that was so, good. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, there, it was 80s-tastic um, without a doubt. Uh, and what I thought was charming, 80s in a different way than Stranger Things, which Stranger Things is very recent, mm-hmm. absolutely you know, huge in the zeitgeist. And I did think that this found ways to uh, check off different 80s tropes than Stranger Things and feel very different than Stranger Things, which is yeah. pretty impressive considering it's this, like, sci-fi, you know, at times kind of horrifying uh, show that takes place in the 80s. So, so that was pretty cool. Uh, I agree with you there. So I, right. I will go right. ahead, and I think this is one of those episodes where, like, it's kind of hard to talk about Uh, more than maybe any episode yet, one part of it without talking about all of it. So I will just tease out a little bit. For me, the soul stone was Wanda as a weapon. Wanda as a weapon was the soul stone for me. We have been talking about this all along, that part of why the show is working so well, especially the the very first episode uh, where, where we were in the 50s, this idea of everything is perfect and pristine, but we know how dangerous and how scary Wanda can be. We know, like, in the episode in the 70s where she was having the baby and, and like, all of the crazy stuff was happening. And it was kind of funny that, like, she started crying and then it started raining and things like that. But we also knew that, like, there's a darkness right. to that. And if, if you've read the comics, if you have paid attention, you, you know, to the movies and you're aware of what she is capable of, if you're aware of what reality manipulation um, again, we, I, I think we mentioned in our last episode, I, th- I think about Thanos using the reality stone against the Guardians of the Galaxy, how how it can be simultaneously ser- scary and funny at the same time. So Wanda as a weapon for mm-hmm. me in this episode was uh, just the heart and, and just absolutely stunning. I've been thinking about that moment where she bursts through the bubble, the hex, and... Uh, and she mind yep. controls yep. all of the armed gun, you know, uh, like mili- the sword, sword military, sword yeah, agents, the, the agents to just yeah. turn and point yeah. their their guns. And and the, the, uh, watching all of those green lasers turn was so scary yeah. because that's not even the scariest stuff she can do. Like 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 Wanda making your own right. firing squad turn on you and kill you is like the Diet Coke. It's the Diet Pepsi. To her Coca-Cola classic, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so, yeah, that was... Well, cool. and it's it's like the first thing... It's like the first thing in the MCU that we yeah. kind of saw her do uh, when she kind of mind-controlled Hulk back in Age of Ultron. And she kind of got into every Avenger's yes. mind, you know, that kind of thing. So it's just kind of like... I mean, that's old hat for her. Um, on that note, uh, one of the other moments that just, like, really got my heart pumping was... Um, when Monica and Jimmy and Darcy kind of start unlocking the idea that yes. uh, that it's the, what we talked about in the last episode, Ben. What uh, you know with 
Wanda is actually changing reality as opposed to just making hallucinations for people, working with their mind. She is literally changing the fabric of what is physical in the world. Um, and when they kind yeah, of that scene with figure the that out, and the, oh, I was and like, the 1970s that's it. outfit. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Yes. The Kevlar. Well, and I yeah. think what's really fascinating is to consider that is truly setting up the idea that Billy and Tommy are real, that that she has manifested them. They do exist. And and the the show is doing a very good job of incrementally setting us up to understand that she, because she can completely change reality at a, at a molecular level, that anything now that the show mm-hmm. says she does, we have to go like, okay, yeah, like it, you know, like you guys established the rules. She, she can change reality yeah. physically. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, any other soul stone moments, any other specific a- aspects that, oh man. Um, uh, yeah, but, uh, maybe just, okay. let's just say, I mean, let's like, just save it. I think I'll get to the, the very later. last moment is, is pretty, uh, well, yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that later. Uh, I'm sure. So I'll go, let's go on to the space stone. So these are outstanding set pieces, action segments, Etc. Visual use of the space that we found to be particularly compelling. I thought that the scene where, uh, particularly how it was blocked, but the scene where Vision was back at work, and we started to see a little bit of reality cracking as he can now apparently the computers mm-hmm. are high tech enough in the timeline of the show that he is receiving transmissions yeah. from the outside. And having all of his coworkers kind of standing around and reading everything in unison, and and the way that that was all done, uh, and again, particularly staged, because it felt like Vision was like down stage center, and then like almost like a Greek chorus around him, engulfing him. Yes, and it was very intense, and uh, it did feel very stage play in a, in, a, in a very uh, positive way. But yeah, I, I found that moment to be really. Really compelling. Really Definitely. Compelling. <laughs> um, well, uh, what I wrote down for this was actually that moment that you talked about earlier with Wanda coming through the... Sure. Walking through the, uh, you know, the, the void, if you will, and kind of uh, seeing her outside of the bubble for the first time was just so... It was just so uh, pleasing. Um, and hearing her, hearing her true dialect again, and then, you know, uh, just getting that kind of that, that moment, but we already talked about that. So instead, um, I'm going to just say, uh, this, the set this time really, their house really, really got me, uh, good this time. The stained glass windows. Um, yes, that was a nice touch. everybody wearing overalls, visions, wig, <laughs> his freaking hair, man. <laughs> so good. Vision's the, hair was, yeah. I mean, not to go ahead too much, but the power stone, the winner no. of the episode is in fact, Vision's wig, you know. <laughs> Vision's wig. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I hate to, I, I don't have anything good for this one. Um, no, that's I fair. Think all I my, think all my one, juice is being saved for later. Yeah, I think this one, so we'll move on to time, because I do think that in this one, time and space were very tied together, you know. So uh, let's go into the time yeah. stone. So this is the best use of the period. So here we're specifically talking about the, uh, the I, I guess this is probably mid to late 80s that we're shooting for mm-hmm. here. Um, 
And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the TV tropes of that time and, and, and just in general, how, how did we feel about the episode? So you already remarked uh, the, the set design was extraordinary, and I, I, I totally agree. Costumes were on point. Um, I thought that the opening, which was a direct reference to... Uh, God. Is family ties, right? The that's the uh yeah with, with that sounds right. Alex P. Keegan. That's how, that's family uh-huh, ties, uh-huh. right? Yeah, with like the yeah the, yeah the painting and then like the music, mm-hmm. the hand just yes the the <laughs> lyrics so PBS, the lyrics so were uh, like basically like we're making up the lyrics to this song as we don't know how it goes and it was like so bizarre and it was like. It was a really good. So okay, this was again. I think one of the best. Um, the show has done this consistently, right? Like, like using the time period, not just for cheap laughs, not just to establish a fun mm. aesthetic, but to actually mimic and mirror the themes of the episode. And so, in the night, in the very first episode, the nineteen fifties episode, one of the major themes was. Uh, feeling like an outsider and feeling like you needed something that made you not an outsider and hiding a secret and the way that anybody who, you know, uh, you know, like there's like the Red Scare going on. And obviously it was not socially an acceptable time to be, you know, openly gay or, you know, like basically if you weren't like a, a like a straight white practicing Protestant Christian in most parts of America, you were an outsider in some way, you know, and the episode really played with that idea, you know, and then like, uh, I think that in this one in particular, they did this really great job of I think the 1980s are this really weird decade for America, where we were finally for the first time in the 20th century, not in the middle of like a chat, like chest out open war right like we like we were mm-hmm. involved with world mm-hmm. war one that starts to calm down and then we jump into world war two after you know kind of pussyfooting around a bit <laughs> uh and then then we go straight then after that we're just like that we're an empire of war we do korea we do yeah. vietnam you know and then like yep. there's this decade where, where i think america is like doing this weird soul searching we become incredibly capitalist i don't mean to get super political and i'm not not putting a lot of no. place i'm not go. trying to place go. values on go. a lot of these opinions but like i i think that it's like the 1980s is one of the only times in like all of the 20th and 21st century where like Reagan was kind of thought of by a lot of pop culture as cool. I mean, like you have Alex P. Keegan, who is this kid, like a kid character who is a young Republican. And that's like very cool. And his parents, however, are like these aging hippies. And like, I think that America in the 1980s was going through this very soul searchy. What are we doing? Kind of period. And Wanda is going through this very soul searchy period where the she is starting to realize, you know, if, if I'm going to keep this up, I'm going to have to double, triple, quadruple down on this and really fight to keep people out. And she, much like the, the lyrics in the song, doesn't know what she's doing. She's going along. You know, she gets busted by the kids because the kids are smart right. and they're magic, too. It, well, one of them is and one's really fast. Uh, and and <laughs> uh, to quote Maria Hill in uh, in Age of Ultron, uh, uh, he's really fast and she's weird. Uh, but yeah, like I yeah. I do think that I just watched <laughs> that movie this week. Uh, we'll talk about that. That's in a little so bit. good. Yeah. Uh, but I so like my point is 
that using the 80s as this decade of what are we doing, figuring out the identity, and then also Wanda juggling with that. Very deliberate, very sharp, and it's it's a really great use of the decade for this particular episode and, and what she's going through. And, you know, I mean, like, the, the whole, the idea of the puppy, right? And, like, there's this cute thing, they set it up, the puppy dies, and it feels like this metaphor for innocence and this metaphor for possibility and what could be. And it's this strange way where like Wanda was able to get her kids in and, and, and make that happen. But it does now feel like the walls are closing in on her enough that if she decided now, like I'm going to have a third kid, I don't think that's going to happen, you know? And I, I thought that the puppy was a nice, like, uh, as a writing device, uh, le way less dark than, like, killing off one of the kids. Way to show us this, like, innocent thing probably can't live and breathe in this space that she's created. So I just ranted for, like, five straight minutes, but that's Same. why I think the 80s were a really good choice there. Uh, I, I yeah. know, the episode was actually about Iran Contra. That's not true. Uh, but, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I probably went way off in the weeds there. But that's why I really liked the use of the 80s in this episode. That's really good. I, I just, uh, I was going to say uh, the sentimental music. Yeah. Uh, you're like, so we and, can, we and, can move on. And, yeah, and Vision's wig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Okay. Uh, so let's move on to the reality stone. So the reality stone are any moments that maybe pull us out of the show, any bloopers, uh, you know, inconsistencies with story, etc. So for me, the only one I had a little bit was that, especially now that we're jumping back and forth between the show and reality, yep. there were some moments of this that were shot like a modern TV show and not shot like a 1980s like set on a you know a multi-cam tv sure set. they were just like every now and then there was like oh that's a dude on a handheld camera like 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 and it was just weird sure. because up until this point the show has been like almost obnoxiously committed to really recreating the period and there were just mm -hmm. a few moments where like the, I, i'm particularly thinking of the kitchen there were there were like a couple of like swing shots and things where i was just like they didn't ever shoot sitcoms like that in the 1980s. It pulled me up for like literally one tenth of a second. And then I was right back in it. But it, it, the, the way that the camera moved occasionally, um, and I am specifically talking about the show within the show. Uh, there were moments sure. where I was like, I don't, I don't think that 1980s show, like I'm thinking about all in the family. I'm thinking about, or I guess that's like late seventies, but uh, family ties, mama's family. I, you know, I, I just don't think of the cameras as moving like that different strokes, but yeah. Right, right. Uh, mine, you know, I, I, I have to get into it now, Ben. Let's go. I have to. Uh, We're you know, Evan Stones. Jump in. Jump Peters. In. Yeah. Just took me out of it, man. Uh, and not necessarily in a bad way, just in a what the f kind of way. And I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. I I have had a, a, just a flurry of emotions since watching it um, those 20, those 30 hours ago, 36 hours ago. And um, yeah, so man, I mean, so this I, is, uh, yeah, 
No, no, go. I thought I thought you were still like trying I, to find your I don't, do, But do you have? I, it? I, I no, I'm, I, I'm done. I, God, Ben, I, there's so much I want to say. I don't. I just don't. Okay, so what, I mean, you this talk. Is you what's talk. Setting the you internet talk. ablaze. Uh, the reality stone is, I think, an interesting place to bring it up. Although I'm sure with the mind stone, we're gonna have all sorts of things to talk about what we think it means and where it's gonna go. But at the very, very last moment of this episode. Uh, by the way, I, I patted myself on the back so hard that I, I sprained my wrist a little bit um, <laughs> because I have been calling Uncle Jesse Pietro for two episodes yeah. now, and you I've have. been calling mutants since the very beginning. So I, yep. I yeah, yep. my wrist hurts from patting myself on the back so hard. <laughs> uh, but okay, so yeah, so Pietro, Wanda's dead brother, shows up, and of course, you know. We thought this was going to happen, but we thought that it was going to be uh, Aaron Taylor Aaron Taylor Johnson Aaron Taylor Johnson from Age of Ultron, which I watch I watched this week, and instead it was Evan Peters who appeared as Quicksilver in Days of Future Past and Age of Apocalypse, the 20th Century Fox X Men movies. So. There's a lot to unpack there, and we can dig deeper into what we think it means for the future for the Mind Stone. But what we can say for sure is that the show, Darcy Lewis, like ha- as a proxy for us, acknowledges that the character has been yep. recast. Which, yep. to me, I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, well, maybe Aaron Taylor Johnson couldn't do it. Maybe he was busy. Maybe he didn't want to do it. Maybe they just like Evan Peters better. No, 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 no. Highly, highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. There, there have only been two recasts in the history of the MCU, and they both happened very early on. And yeah. one of them was like a full-blown Edward Norton refuses to be in this anymore kind of thing. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's... ATJ would not pass on that's what i'm like that yeah this would be the biggest thing disney plus show exactly there's just no way he would pass so this is clearly deliberate that they have decided to introduce and we already knew that multiverse of madness was coming we already know from hollywood reporter and variety and whatnot that spider-man 3 is going to have you know at least some degree of multiverse multiple characters sort of stuff going on now it looks like it has already begun and i think the really interesting thing here was that wanda specifically said she didn't make it happen now what does that mean Mm -hmm. i don't know we're gonna find that out but i agree this was definitely a this had to happen at the very end of the episode because yeah this would have if this had happened and there were still three more minutes of stuff you everyone would have been so distracted that it would have been like well i can't i can't what do you want me to do now i can't like so i'm i'm a i'm a I'm amazed by this. I'm impressed by it. I've been saying all along that, okay, I'll say it again. Spoilers for season two of The Mandalorian. You've been warned. Uh, Like, I have been saying there was going to be a Luke Skywalker caliber cameo. I think this checks that box. Like, as a Star Wars fan, Luke Skywalker means too much to my heart for me to be objective. But I think the fact that it's a stream-crossing, franchise-spanning cameo of... I would argue the most for me personally. I I thought that Evan Peters was the best part of Days of Future Past. He's, like I thought that the Quicksilver scenes, yeah. where he pops in the headphones, um, yeah, those were my Agreed. favorite parts of that whole movie. So I, I'm I'm stoked, but I'm with you that 
it does kind of shatter reality a little bit. So I'm I have a lot more thoughts, yeah. but I'm gonna say them at the very end okay. of this episode because right. so you're gonna have to cut me off. Say, like, <laughs> cut yeah. the tape. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to like. Yeah. yeah I don't want to do bulldoze the rest of it. Tape. Uh, okay, so let's go on <laughs> to the Power Stone. Who won the episode? I gotta give it to my girl Wanda Maximoff. She might not win the series. Her victory might be short lived. But right now, she seems like the most powerful being in the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. I yeah. am, like, so scared of her. I'm also going to go ahead and break forth wall a little bit and say that uh, that I, I think that Elizabeth Olsen's performance is, like, incredible. And I, I, I know I said this on a previous episode, but that, like, at a point in time when this started, I would have told you that she was a a proficient Hollywood actress and that I now think she's a full-blown movie star and I hope she gets some juicy roles to sink her teeth into af after this. I hope this opens doors for her because yeah, I yeah. think she has a very like 1940s, 1950s movie star. Like I, like, I don't mean this in as much of a man pig way as it's going to sound. I like to look at her. Like, my eyeballs like to look at her and how she yeah. moves on the screen. And, I, like, yeah, she's, sure, she's hot. Like, uh, duh. But also, like, she's beautiful in the way that, like, a, that, like, uh, that watching, like, uh, you know, a bird fly or, like, a beautiful sculpture is, like, aesthetically, yeah. she's yeah. stunning. Like, yeah, watching Tyreek Hill burn two defensive backs for a touchdown. It's beautiful <laughs> like that, you know? And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I I think she's a full-blown movie star, and this episode just cemented it even further. So I guess maybe my winner's actually Elizabeth Olsen just as much as, as Wanda. How about you? You know what? I'm really glad you said okay. that right there because, okay, so let me start by saying this was the hardest episode for me to decide who the winner was on the Power Stone. I, it, amazing, amazing performances from so many. I mean, first of all, from Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, right? Oh, so yeah. my, my original answer was Paul Bettany. Because uh, the scene where she starts rolling credits and he says, no, 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 fuck that. That was that. so cool. That was so We're cool. We're not done here. We're not done here. Oh, my god. Uh, oh, my God. I, I flipped, man. That was that. I should have added that to my soul moments. So, that uh, was Actually, all, all of these that I'm about to talk about were soul moments for me, yes. too. But I was saving them for this. Um, so I couldn't decide between Paul and Elizabeth, specifically the actors. So instead, I, I'm going to give the Power Stone to... Uh, I'm splitting it in half still, <laughs> but both Agnes and Norm, okay? Dude, so the great. moments both of them, so where they, episode. where Agnes, can, uh, do you want me to take that again? And like the, the confusion and the, but uh, God, man, there's, it's like, I'm going to, let me remind me to talk about her when we get to the Mind Stone because I have theories, but her, 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 your moments there where it's just like what what what's happening and like you know vision's confused and wanda's trying to yes. like keep a lid on it but then she's try she's also like what what the hell's happening um that moment and then also norm at the office when vision you know frees his mind right. for that little bit and then cutting back as an actor just cutting back uh, immediately into the the happy-go-lucky uh I forget what that line he says when he jumps back in, but it's, it's, it's haunting. Um, yeah. I hope, I hope both of those actors get some juicy, juicy roles, uh, after this. Cause I mean, there's just, there's so some much really talent across the board. 
yeah. I might also toss a little uh, power shard to uh, Kevin Feige just for pulling off the continued, you know, endless mystique of the MCU and, and agreed its ability to just interweave new characters, old characters, like unreal, unreal. Even though you called him Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige? Feige. Feige. Oh, I messed it up. Feige. No, how would you know? Kevin I Feige. Mean, unless you listen to all the shit that I listen to. <laughs> I do mostly just read Wikipedia. I have that that like you know very early two thousands internet system where I, like I just know people's names from reading them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I had a friend so, yeah. who uh, always called uh, Hermione from Harry Potter Hermione, and then like at one point Hermione. somebody like we were talking about Harry Potter and he was like you know like Ron Hermione and I'm like oh, no no we're gonna need to back up real quick because. <laughs> Hermione is a real name. That's not like a magic think, name. Like that's not like like Severus. Like like Hermione is a real name. Uh, I think I think Hermione was probably the most like uh, uh, misunderstood uh, mis spoke mispronounced name of my childhood probably. Uh, just across the board from all of my friends like none of us knew how to pronounce it correctly. Right. Right. Uh, no. <laughs> so okay, I guess the power still goes to. Uh, Emma Watson, then. Okay. Uh, right. <laughs> congratulations. Okay, so here we go. Mindstone. This is where the bottom of this episode just falls out. The Mindstone for predictions. What's coming next? Analysis. Uh, you know, uh, us attempting to be your Rosetta Stone for, uh, f- for what has occurred and what it means and where it's going to go. I-, I do just really quickly want to throw out, because it hasn't come up yet, the commercial. Um, yep. Because uh, so so the um, it was it was for paper towels and yep. uh, cleaning up a mess, right? And um, the the paper towels were named after. I did have to Google this one because I was like, I'm not finding it. The name of sure. the city where the inciting incident of Captain America: Civil War takes place, right? The Sokovia, which, which causes the Soviet Accords to fall into place, and. So I, I did find that to be really interesting and I don't I wish I could tell you what I think that means moving forward but yeah th- there was definitely something about Wanda making a mess Wanda feeling guilty uh-huh. about making a mess and Wanda realizing like uh-oh not again I'm making a mess again Right. This one's a bigger mess. <laughs> uh, and the first time around, there were some pretty harsh consequences. So there was something about you know, that 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 stuck in my teeth, if I can use a disgusting totally. metaphor. I was eating the steak, and it just got stuck in my teeth, and it's still there. And I've been picking at it, and I can't quite get what it is. But I thought that that was maybe the most like deliberate commercial yet, where it felt like, oh, I think they're... They're calling back to the last time that Wanda and her powers really got her in trouble. What what's it what's it mean? You know, so yeah. Well, and and you know, if 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 we're to believe that these commercials are also kind of her subconscious kind of speaking to her, um, in different ways with Stark and with uh, Strucker and all that kind of stuff. I every single one of these commercials has been a moment of her pain that has brought her pain. Sure. That is that it's and I think I think what it's kind of I mean in my mind what it's kind of opening up is hey look her her pain is much bigger than 
having to kill Vision and dealing with the consequences of that. She's been she's been suffering for a long time. Um, yeah, and so I, I, to me, I, I just I'm really I'm really really curious what these last two or three how many episodes I don't know commercials are going to be. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see how many we've got, we've commercials got... we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, no. I so okay. That's good. Here's this. I didn't quite want to bring it in reality stone because it's okay. I know this is kind of nitpicky, but I want you because uh, you're the right person to ask this because you're the the exact mix of you'll be honest, but you're a lover, so you're gonna bend over backwards to justify it. Her accent throughout the franchise. Mm-hmm. Can you try to explain to me in universe? Because I I went back and watched Age of Ultron for the first time in a long time. Sure. And she has a really thick, one might even claim overacted uh, Borat accent. Sure. Uh, sure. How did we end up where we are? What is her actual voice? Does she know? Is that her powers? I'll give you the floor. <laughs> uh, I think. Okay. Well, first of all, I think it's. I think you're absolutely right. I think Age of Ultron was a bit over the top, um, and that was Joss Whedon, and you have a change of directors, and six years go by before, you know, you decide, hey, Civil War, or however many years, uh, hey, Civil War, uh, you know, you have um, the Russos coming in who have done much more grounded work uh, as opposed to Joss Whedon's kind of, like, you know, very, uh, um, you know, costume... Uh, you know, Buffy, yeah. very like very one-liner kind of uh, attitude with it all, and so uh, you know, I, I think in world, you know, she's lived there for a year or two. Yeah, I think you know, I have I have friends from from the UK okay. who yeah, you know, it's, co- it's code switching, American. It's code switching. It's code switching. Okay. okay. Um, and now I know a lot of people were pissed that she just dropped the accent completely with this, but I think in the last, I mean, this last episode proved why that is. She's She's fully taking on that American trope, uh, sitcom American. So that's part of why know. I brought it up. Because, like, I, I picked up on that scene where she comes to the bubble. I was like, there's a little bit of an accent there. Not not there nearly is. as much as there was in, in Age of Ultron. But, yeah, okay. All right. So I, that's... There, I, is. there definitely is. I accept this. So she's, she's code switching a bit. But the main reason it's gone is because in the TV show, she is trying to be as Americanized... Well, as I said, you know, talking about the 1950s episode. She wants to be... As normal, air quotes, I'm not putting a value judgment on what normal is, right. but, like, no, by the, like, but... mass American standard of normal as possible, and, and part of that right. means changing her voice. So let's, I'll hear, I've got one more before I just let you go unhinged, okay? I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm gonna, before we let the green guy out. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so scared. Yeah, I'm so ready. Before we let the green guy out, we, I've got I've got one more. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I predict, I've been saying this, the kids are going to keep aging. As a result, there's going to be more more and more antics. This is the week we see the powers. This is the week that we truly see Speed and Wiccan and their powers and uh, how that impacts Wanda and Vision. Now, meanwhile, Vision's going to get further and further into you know breaking the code. Uh, but, but yes, I believe without a doubt, this is the week I think they will probably age up a little bit, probably, but we'll see. I think by the end, they will be young adults, but we'll see if they age up again this week. But they, I think for sure, I feel committed to the idea that we will see Speed and Wiccan showing off their powers I, this week. That's my big, big, okay. I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, ro- rolling off of that, so I completely agree. I think we're going to get Billy 
magic and Tommy some speed. And I think Uncle Pietro or whoever this guy is, uh, right. is there just in time to help. We're going to get some kind of cool speed scene uh, with yes. Pietro teaching Tommy oh, how to use his speed. I, I don't so. know. I, oh, I mean, I it's so. a missed opportunity if that's no, not the you're case. you're so right. Um, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they just... We just start the next episode and they're like, you know, 13, 14 years old. I, they're just like preteens already. Yeah, see, like I had originally been saying, like, I thought they were going to be the Olsen twins, basically. Well, we're already a little late for that. So now instead they're going to be Kimmy. Like, yeah, the, they're going to be teenagers. Yeah. I think you're I think you're right. Um, Saved by the Bell. Oh, are we going to get saved? The best would be if it starts, it's Saved by the Bell and it's Timmy and Billy or Tommy and Billy at at a, at like a high school. I that'd be cool, but here's the thing though, there's no other kids, and that's deliberate, oh my right? Gosh. There's the whole yeah, for the children, really for the children, and there's no other kids. So An I, empty I, I am curious. Yeah, like so far they've only been alive for like a day, and so sure. they haven't really gone to school. But it, it is going to be interesting, like because they have consciousses of their own, right? There's there, oh, yeah. and, and the more. The, the, the older they get they start starting to realize like hey this isn't this isn't normal like this these aren't things aren't things around here aren't aren't exactly well, normal and either. in theory wiccan is going to be able to shape the reality too you know so it was interesting when she was trying to put them to sleep yes and it didn't work and in my mind i was like ooh, does her magic not work on them um, or is that yeah. just a funny little thing where mom can't get the babies right. to sleep? It, yeah. I couldn't and decide. It's tiptoeing that line. Okay. Um, so let's let the okay. green guy out. Let's go full, uh, full Pietro. Let's go full. Yeah. Theory. <laughs> smash. Um, okay. Uh, real quick, a small one before I get in there. Monica mentioned she knows an aerospace engineer who could help with this problem. Um, there's lots of options there. Reed Richards, maybe? I don't yeah. know. Um, it could be uh, the Blue Marvel, um, uh, Adam Brashear, um, who, again, MC Who does an episode on him if you want to know more about that guy. But I, I guarantee you he is coming into the MCU at some point. Um, and they have a bit of a relationship, Monica and Adam. So that could be uh, a way to get him in here, too. I'm just curious who it is. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else we got. Um Okay. Okay. Before I get into all the Pietro stuff, uh, well, and I might even wait until after we do the Easter eggs for that. <laughs> but let me let me just say the Mind Stone. Wanda is obviously not in control of everything, like we thought at the end of the last sure. episode, right? Yes. Um, she is like there are things capable she's not controlling. of anything, but she's not control of everything, right? Yeah. She specifically mentioned she doesn't remember how this started. And I think that's interesting. Did she also kind of come to in this world and then slowly start to realize that she can control it and just go from there? Like, we see the clip of her taking Vision's body from the sword facility. Yes, we did. But I'm not, I'm not entirely certain that, like, she wasn't being manipulated or controlled somehow in that moment. Um, now, I don't want to take away any agency from her. I think... I think she has every reason to just go freaking do whatever she wants. And she's not hurting people. Well, I guess that begs to differ. Uh, Norm yeah. and his, uh, you know, all, all of the people want out, right? Um, okay, that leads me to my next theory. So, Agnes, you know, you all know that um, I've talked before about the Agatha Harkness connection and about being a witch and about being her mentor. 
Um, in the comics, she's an old, old lady. <laughs> uh, obviously, that doesn't need to be the case here. But I am curious what role Agnes plays in this because we see her drop the line. We see her like kind of fear Wanda and almost and also not really understand or like the moment where she's, you know, the boys are bring them back to life, fix it, resurrect the dog. Uh, and she says, you can do that. Um, so it seems like Agnes, Agnes is just this, uh, like another, you know, pass another hostage in the situation. But I think it's really interesting that we didn't see, they didn't find who she was back in that episode where all the sword agents were, you know, you know, trying to connect the dots. Um, and she also just, she's always there, you know, in well, this episode. And I know that Monica's different, but when Monica saw Wanda doing magic stuff, Monica was like, you're doing magic stuff. Whereas yeah. Agnes allowed the whole, like, do you want me to take that again? In a way that was exactly. different, I think, than anyone else so far. Like, even Dottie, when she got her hand cut, was like, you cut my hand. Like, she didn't notice that her hand yeah. was bleeding red blood. Agnes, there was a weird difference in how she responded. I, I think you're on something. So my original theory way back was that all of these people were dead people from Wanda's past, and she was just bringing them back to life in her own way. Um, I, I I don't know if that I mean, obviously that's not true because most of this most of Westview is literal Westview civilians who just got caught up in this yes. mess, right? Um, uh. Interesting to note that not all of Westview is there, though, because there's no children. Obviously, people are missing members of their family. So she just kind of cast who she needed to fill certain roles in her shows. Um, but or maybe she didn't do that. Maybe somebody else did that. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is somebody else is pulling strings. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Agnes uh, and we get a big, you know, dupe turnaround thing where she's doing this or... If it's somebody big, like a lot of Twitter really wants it to be, like Mephisto or Nightmare, somebody who's going to lead us right into Doctor Strange. Man, Mephisto's... Uh, Mephisto has a long history yeah. of really messing with Wanda. It's specifically, um, so when Wanda first creates her babies, back in like the, I don't even know when that was. Um, I think... When she first creates wrong. her babies... Isn't that the Bill... I think there's a Bill Mentlo uh, run that's called Scarlet Witch and the Vision or something like that. And I think that that's yes. the very first time she created them. I think you're hand. right. I I didn't. I don't know that from reading. I know that from Wikipedia holes. But I'm also like a huge fan of him because he invented Rocket Raccoon. who's my favorite. Uh, sorry. There's a... Now, again, I'm my knowledge of comics pre-90s is a little spotty, but... Um, I was rereading some uh, Avengers West uh, West Coast Avengers last night, um, and uh, there's a arc where Mephisto basically like te- like proves that her babies this whole time um, when she like she wanted to babies so badly she reached out into like the ether and grabbed onto anything she could find and what she grabbed onto was some of Mephisto's power so her babies up to that point had just been purely Mephisto um and so they were actually like these parasites now I'm not saying that's gonna happen in this show by any means I don't think that'll happen but uh she and then she eventually recreates them in House of M and all that stuff happens um but um but what I'm saying is Mephisto does have a long history uh of ties with Wanda and so okay moving on I sorry no I'm but I, I like the idea that that Mephisto is involved in some way I mean I like it's it's definitely interesting to entertain 
yeah. yeah. Okay, so Scarlet Witch yes. is a name we haven't heard yet. I, uh, I too, was shocked by that. I could have sworn we had used Scarlet Witch before, and then I started really I thinking about it. I'm like, no, we really haven't, have we? And and we haven't heard Quicksilver. I mean, I thought about Whoa, that, too. Oh, okay. And I, I was trying to think, the X-Men movies, do they call Evan Peters Quicksilver? I'm Did, almost Is positive. that a name he ever I'm has? I'm almost positive. Okay, so it makes me wonder, like, are we going to get... Are we gonna get the name Scarlet Witch by the end of this? Is is she gonna like give her like give herself like a, a nomaker um, of that sort? Um, it's just kind of a interesting thing. I don't know. Um, as far as okay, I'm gonna stop with the theories for now because I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna get to the Easter right, eggs so yeah, and then we'll talk about let's, Pietro. Let's hit Easter eggs and then uh, and then we are gonna just un- unleash Justin as the Hulk. To just go off on Pietro and and what it means, how he's feeling, <laughs> etc. So, uh, Easter eggs, Justin. What 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 did you catch? What did you see? Um, you got the Lagos commercial yes. one. We talked about. Um, <clears throat> okay, so Sparky the dog. Um, if anybody happened to have taken my advice from like the first episode of WandaVision Vision and read The Visions by Tom King, then you would recognize Sparky the dog as the Visions dog in that in that oh, series. Um, now in that he's an android dog, <laughs> but he also meets an untimely demise. Sad. They keep killing off dogs. Um, Classic. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Monica's X-rays. That's cool. Um, this actually kind of goes sure. over the theory, I suppose. I think she's gotten powers yeah. from being exposed to this dome, which then begs the theory: Will everybody else then get powers? I doubt it, but but we have, I think, uh, increased reason to think she's going to be photon, pulsar, spectrum. Mm-hmm. I I tend I, once you pointed out that her mom went by photon, I now think photon is going to be the name. I I think that. It'll, I'm gonna disagree. With you, you think but, the opposite? But I like almost, that theory. That like, I think the opposite. Yeah. I think her mom was Photon, so she's gonna take on the name Spectrum, as kind of like a. I don't know. I think that was their way of saying like, here's a little here's nod, a to, nod photon, to Photon because we're not gonna yeah. give you actual sure, Photon. Sure. But yeah, <clears throat> but I, I, it could be. I think so. Uh, yeah, I didn't catch any other major Easter eggs. Uh, the only other one. I, Sorry, well, I, I mean, you know, like it's not I don't know if it counts as an Easter egg, if it's really just a giant chocolate bunny sitting in the middle of the yard. But like Evan Peters, Pietro, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I missed that one. Uh, that's good. Um, uh, it's not really an Easter egg, but I wanted to mention Baby Vision. What the hell? I love it. Um, oh, yeah. We've, we this is the first mentions we get of Wanda and Pietro's parents' names, uh, Irina and Oleg Maximoff. Um, which is interesting. It, it's different than obviously her parentage of well, the comics. Well, certainly not Magneto. Um, yeah, right. It's definitely not Eric Lyncher. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, they keep mentioning the hex, the hex, the hex. They're calling this bubble the That's hex right. now. That's right. And it's interesting because uh, a lot of Wanda's powers and Wiccan's powers in the comics are referred to as like hex bolts um, and things like that. So I'm just wondering. You know, hex. Uh, I wonder if that's going to become like the term for her powers. I thought in the so. Of the MCU. That moment for me was uh, maybe this is more under reality stone. I thought that was just a little cringy how they handled that. But sure, sure. You know, probably more because I'm aware that they're called hexes. If you didn't know that, that moment probably doesn't mean anything to you. But like, I was kind of like, eh, that was just a little sweaty. Uh, but yeah. Okay, so. Let's hear it. Let's hear the Pietro. This is your. You've got a. Dude. You've got a microphone. You've got subscribers. Ugh. Let it go. Just uh, guys. 
Guys, no, just no, okay? I, I don't want it, I don't like it, okay? Now, I know most of you are gonna disagree. Ben is probably gonna hugely disagree with this, but no, I don't want you to introduce the mutants in this fashion. No, that's not how you do it. You don't take an actor from a pre-determined, uh, pre-established franchise, which one that honestly pretty much sucked in my opinion, um, and then and then try to incorporate it in that way. Now, here's the thing, and Kevin Feige I trust, I don't think they're just gonna incorporate, I don't think they're gonna bring James McAvoy over and Eric, or uh, uh, um, uh, Michael, Michael Fassbender. Fassbender. That was weird. I don't, I don't Even <laughs> with a Zoom delay, we said it at literally the same second. <laughs> um, I don't I, I don't think they're going to necessarily like bring those characters over. I think, to be honest with you, I think this is a little more of a gimmicky thing than we realize. Um, I think it's going to be Pietro from some other world. I don't think he's going to necessarily be the exact, because his name wasn't Pietro over there, obviously. It was Peter. They called him Peter in those movies. Um, and so, I think he's a slightly different version of himself. I just think it was more for the gimmick. But you're right. I, here's the thing. I was I was excited. I was my heart was beating when the knock came, and I said, "Ooh, it's Pietro." I know it's Pietro. She opens that door. We see that silver hair, and I was like, "Yeah!" And then we see the face, and I was like, "What the?" F <laughs> and I I was pissed. I was pissed to be honest with you because I, as a huge MCU fan, wanted nothing to do with the Fox X Men series. I just didn't. I, I was like, "A fresh start, finally. Let's get away from that. Let's get away from that series." Yeah. And then tying it in like this just makes me upset. Very much the same upset that I feel when I think about how Spider-Man 3 is going to incorporate Jamie Foxx as Electro and possibly Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin again. And I'm like, look, these weren't bad, you know, impulses, but please, please, please do not let that in, like, infect what you have going right now. Like, you have a good trilogy. You don't need to tie it in with other things to try and make them all feel cohesive. That's, I, I just, I think it's dangerous. Uh, I hope that it's contained. I hope that that Spider-Man movie is contained, and I hope that Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, if they're in it, which hasn't even been confirmed, I hope that it's contained to that movie, and that's, you know, it, it's over by the end of it. I think that's going to be the case for Evan Peters. I think this is going to be, he's going to be in WandaVision, and then his career in the MCU is just going to be kind of done. Um, that's my theory. That's my how I feel about all of it. Ben, what do you well, think? I, so I, I think it becomes increasingly clear that we are about to hit a leg of the MCU that is multiverse obsessed. I think we, we have a movie coming up called Multiverse of Madness. We have every logical reason to believe that Spider-Man 3 is in fact going to be a live action Spider-Verse thing. And now we have every reason to believe that the back half of WandaVision has to be at least leaning towards, if not fully diving into multiverse as as a storytelling narrative. So what I think is going to be very interesting to see is by the time we get to the Inhumans, which I think is kind of supposed to feel like this, like relaunch almost of the mcu do you mean the eternals why did i say in humans yes the internals i don't know uh yeah black bolts just yet yeah uh but yeah so um, i wish i wish we got to do inhumans yeah, uh, a good one right well yeah because this show oh man 
That, has that been jettisoned from canon, or is that still technically canon? I, in my mind, it has. I think it got. I didn't even finish it. I feel it. like at one point it in time, was... it actually disappeared from like the Wikipedia page of what's canon. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm not joking. It is the worst, and this is not an exaggeration. The worst television show I've ever. I watched, watched part ever. of the pilot and couldn't. I couldn't do it. I was like, just the worst. This hurts. All right. Yeah. But so anyway, I think before we get to the Eternals, there, there, kind of, there is going to be a little bit. Of this self-congratulatory, look at this thing we built. Look, you guys love this stuff. We're going to try to tell some cool stories with it. But I'm with you that it does start to feel a little bit like a snake eating its own tail. And I don't want... I, Hugh Jackman's like 70 years old. I don't want Hugh Jackman to play Wolverine anymore. <laughs> he had a great send-off. That black and white like cut of, the, of Wolverine. Did you watch the black and white cut? Of Wolverine or Logan? Of, of, of Logan. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yeah. I did, and it's fantastic. Incredible, incredible. Like, what a send-off, you know? Uh, the Wolverine was fun, but dumb. But L Logan was, like, actually, like, a very good movie. And, like, like that yeah. but let that character lay him to rest, cast a new Wolverine, you know? I mean, like, so I'm with you. Like, I do think Evan Peters was the best part of that batch of X-Men. By a mm -hmm. good margin, actually, I would say. And I am, in theory, okay with the idea of him being this one thing that makes its way over just because of the tie to to Wanda. But if it opens up the floodgates, and like you said, now we've got James McAvoy as Charles Xavier. Now we've got Michael Fassbender as Magneto. Now, now that we've got, you know, all the rest of those I don't really care for so much. And so I do kind of hope that while I I am happy about the idea that mutants are getting added and I want mutants and I love mutants and X-Men are one of my absolute favorite chunks of Marvel and it's time to see them done right and in the MCU, we don't want to do what what DC did and like, have, like there's that one DC movie that adds like every single D major Justice League character, you know? And like... We don't want yeah. that. We like MC. The whole thing about the MCU is how like slow and patient it's been, and so I do hope that if this is, if this if if this is literally the X Men showing up to the front door, you know, and knocking and coming in, I hope that the next several steps are slower than this first one appears to be. Does that make sense? Sure. Uh, yes. Yeah. I get you. So yeah, I don't know. I'm with you on the possibility that he's kind of in this and then it ends and, and he's not part of the MCU anymore. But I, I could also kind of see him, them trying to use him as a bridge character. I think it probably works best if it's encapsulated in one thing. Same with Spider-Man. I really hope that Tobey Maguire and, and Andrew Garfield and everybody aren't just like Spider-Men now in, in the MCU. I, I, I think right. this is where the attempt to please the fans can start to stop serving the story if they're not careful, which would be a huge bummer yeah. because I would say for the most part, the MCU has avoided that. Actually, got fitting that I watched it this week, Age of Ultron tried to do too much. Age of Ultron tried to introduce Vision and the twins and Ultron and the idea that the Avengers aren't going to be forever and the and like in a way that hadn't been done yet, the Infinity Stones as like, all being tied together and you know i mean like it, it it there's so much happening in that and i hope they don't make that mistake again with some of this multiverse but stuff along those lines real quick hot take, hot take. i mean age of ultron 
way better movie than the original Avengers. Way better or just better? I'm, I mean, uh, if I was going to rewatch one, it would be Age of Ultron by a mile. Wow. I think it's... That's just me. I, That's just me. I will go... I will meet you halfway and say I think it's better. I don't think it's way better because the first half of it is, like, perfect, and then the the middle gets really... Like, when, like, Hulkbuster, Hulk fight and stuff like that, some of that gets just yeah. really, like, popcorn-y. But, no, sure. I don't hate that. I don't hate that take. I And I think what's funny, most of the internet hates that take. But... <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know why. I mean, I I understand yeah. the yeah. the loyalty to the first movie, but I at least don't, you didn't uh, say I, something insane like hot take. Age of Ultron way better than Endgame. Hold on, like I okay. <laughs> you're like, wait, the Zoom call has ended. What happened? What's this? All right. Uh, and the well, next episode, so, you're yeah. Justin couldn't be available. We um, needed to give Justin that space to to vent. I'm with you that we are now in really delicate, uncharted territory. Uh, and Feige, we trust. I, I think it's going to work out okay. But I'm with, I do too. I'm with I do you too. that it I... is, you know, as a, as a Star Wars fan, uh, you know, I love Marvel. But I'm, if, you know, I'm more of a Star Wars fan than any other franchise always will be. I, I've seen Disney make some pretty bonkers calls with Star Wars over the last couple of years. And so I, I really hope... That uh, you know, that that Feige and everybody at Marvel really digs their feet in and doesn't give in to the temptation to just because just because the House of Mouse owns all these things doesn't mean we need to introduce House right. of M, House of Mouse. Oh, oh my we God. gotta end there. We're not gonna top that. That's it. All right, see you next week. I've been, you've been <laughs> warned and I've been with. I remembered it. <laughs> <laughs>